welcome to episode 28 of Roll the Credits Podcast with Aaron and Brian. On this week's episode, we have quite a few big uh, Marvel notes here, including the Endgame trailer, oh, uh, yeah. another Endgame trailer that dropped this week out of nowhere, uh, a few other tidbits there. Um, and then we will also have a review towards the end of the episode for the movie Captive State, which came out this past week, uh, an alien political thriller um that kind of was out of nowhere didn't have a whole lot of hype behind it but it was a wide release and we went and checked it out um and then at the end of the episode because it was a sci-fi film we are going to do our top 10 sci-fi films and we'll get a little more into that as we get closer um once we do the list and stuff like that there are a few caveats we had to that but we'll worry about that when we get there brian how's your week been going uh, pretty good. We got some beautiful days outside, and then it went right back to being 30 degrees today. Um, got a new laptop, which uh, still kind of working out the kinks. As we, uh, we I spent 45 minutes before recording this trying to get its work right, so it didn't sound like I was underwater while recording. So that's that's where we're at. All right. Yeah. Uh, good week. Good week. We had some nice weather up here in Pennsylvania. Uh, so that was nice. Uh. Starting to creep in the springtime, and thank goodness. Thankfully, uh, looking ahead, we're gonna see us this week, which I'm super excited for. Um, so, we had a little cool. minor hiccup here with Captive State this week uh, in terms of you know big time movies we're we're starting to roll into, but it is what it is, and uh, a lot of good news that we're gonna jump into right here that, oh, that yeah. really made made me happy, and I know it's gonna make a lot of people happy. Um, but anyway, so Avengers Endgame. We got a new trailer this week that dropped out kind of, of out of nowhere. nowhere. Uh, Brian, you mass texted me uh, your reaction to it and <laughs> that, that it had dropped the other day. Um, looks really good. Uh, it is a trailer that's, I think when we described it, you know, it's 80% old footage and stuff like that kind of, of past movies. You, you'll see a lot of stuff from the original iron man trilogy the captain america early on movies thor as well um really cool graphics overall you'll it's probably about 10 percent stuff from the first trailer that dropped and 10 percent new stuff um a really cool kind of black and white visual with the red still highlighted it looked beautiful um we get a sneak peek at the quantum realm suits which look oh my gosh I, it's this movie <sighs> uh yeah that was super exciting i i feel like most people have probably seen it by now um you have probably have the numbers on on how many people have watched i think it. i think it fell just short of so like the first end game trailer came out set the record for most views in 24 hours and it was like 289 million people or something this one was like 260 or whatever in the first 24 hours so yeah i mean i'd be surprised if you're into movies and you haven't seen this trailer then what are you doing yeah i i hate i hate to use the term because i hate the term in general but it really did break the internet uh it did because it came out of nowhere yeah it it, there was no expectations the first one there was an expectation of it dropping and stuff and people kind of waited on it this one was just flat out of nowhere it makes sense brothers it's about the time when you know you'd expect another trailer to probably drop here this week or or the next week or so um but 
Yeah, I mean, and it just, it was the talk of every social media platform, uh, people nitpicking at it, not in a bad way, but, you know, all the little Easter eggs and stuff that are inside it, and I mean, it, I, I don't know what else to say. This movie, it's one of the best trailers so far this year, oh, yeah. um, and probably will be. Um, I mean, we've said this, I know you we both tweeted about it, but like, this is the buildup for this and just being the continuation of infinity war. Like this is likely going to be the cinematic event, at least of our lifetimes. It's if the, not ever, it's the biggest movie of all time. Like, <laughs> I, I don't really know how else to explain it. I mean, it is, you know, 10 year, 10, 11 years now, really of, um, cultivating all of these characters and all these stories to this singular point um and we said it last year but i mean last year was just a continuation really and and hindsight of this whole grand story and this is likely the last hurrah of the original avengers and um their entire story and and it'll be interesting to see where marvel goes after this because it's going to be a lot more lesser known characters um to see how that ends up going uh but i mean they're on such a roll that i feel like that they'll be fine uh and we'll touch on that in a little bit here um but yeah it's just go watch trail if you haven't or if you have watch it again i watched it six or seven times on the first day that it came out on thursday so i mean and i know you've watched it similar half dozen times yeah i mean i (laughs) you know it is what it is Uh, it just I feel, yeah, I mean, most people have seen it. Um, It's a great trailer in general, especially because it it gets you so excited for a movie without really giving you anything, Uh, which is great because, you know, the best trailers are the ones that don't give you the whole scope of what the The movie is and stuff. Uh, And, yeah, I mean, we all know kind of like what's going on to an extent for it. But, um, yeah, it's I don't you know, some people can be bored with the superhero movies. I don't really, you know. This is one like Marvel is something I'm so invested in because I've r- been on the oh, ride, yeah. um, and, and that's why it's so exciting for this. Uh, but yeah, I I don't really know what else to say. But uh, yeah, go check out the trailer again. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's so great to be alive at this time while this is happening, as just the Marvel fanboys and nerds with the Marvel movies that we are. Like this is. It's awesome. I'm gonna. It. I'm yeah. so happy. I mean, the only disappointing, I the only disappointing thing is it still bums me out that just like last year we're gonna get the the big Avengers movie on the same night as the first round of the NFL draft. <laughs> um, oh darn! Well, <laughs> I know you. And okay, yeah, there will be people like you who do care about the first night of the NFL draft, but I think this tops that easily well, for most people i i mean I'm, it's not like i'm not gonna go see it that night i'm just saying like it would be nice if i could have you know two things i really enjoy not happen on the same occasion um but yeah i mean i'm so excited i'll you know i'm gonna probably have to take a half day that day just so i can make sure i'm at the movie theater in time to not oh, have a true. terrible seat uh plus also have to get Kadoba beforehand and that's very important that we have Kadoba. Kadoba is extremely important. Yeah, I mean, every time before we go to yeah, movies. I mean, I, every time. I can't not do that, but I don't want to also rush to the theater to get a 
seat against the get a good yeah, seat. I don't want to like you yeah watch it like, like we watched the upside where we were two feet from the, oh. <laughs> the screen <laughs> well look one this will be in every single theater and it'll be the biggest ones but it's like even when we went to go see Captain Marvel we were there like what 40 35 40 minutes before the show time oh yeah and we were and all we were there was already like it was already like 60 percent filled in the theater it was crazy yeah that's i mean that's very true um so yeah so we're gonna need to be there like an hour ahead of for time. sure uh and i recommend that for anybody going to see it yeah i mean the, the theaters are gonna be packed i mean uh, that parking lot at our amc is gonna be flat out too yeah. where you know all these and big unless you are. like the front row um yeah, but moving on uh, a little bit more here in the Marvel realm, James Gunn has officially been rehired by Disney for Guardians yes. of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, noted that? in the article I read, Gunn's demeanor demeanor during the situation and several meetings with Disney President Alan Horn officially led to the rehiring. Um, the way Gunn kind of handled it, he owned it. Um, he's apologized multiple times because I believe also came up before he directed the first Guardians movie, but it wasn't this much in the limelight um and him kind of owning it and stuff like that and i guess the meetings with with alan horn kind of led to him realizing that guns it's not something you know he hasn't acted on these things like he understood that they were jokes that were taken out of context multiple years ago um and gun has owned up to those and has apologized several times um Gunn will still write and direct Suicide Squad 2 for Warner Brothers and will then move directly on to Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 right after that is finished. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's got to be exciting for him. And especially Disney bringing him back with him still working on uh, one of the DC uh, oh, yeah. movies. So, I mean, he's going to hop from one squad movie to the next, and I'm excited to have him back. I know everybody on that cast has gone to bat for him. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, everybody's going to have their opinion on whether he should have, you know, that second chance or whatever. Uh, I side with him just based on, you know, how he handled everything. Um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty hyped for it. Yeah, I'm. Super excited for it. I definitely agree with you. I mean, from the way he handled the whole situation and how it was like uh, was a decade ago that that the tweets had come up. And one, that's one thing. They were tweets that they, like he didn't actually like. There's a lot of people that they're like, oh, they're comparing him to other people who have actually like acted on these like kind of terrible things. Rather, like I know he that's not stuff he should have tweeted back then. But aside from that, but like he never we discussed this this was like right at the beginning we started this podcast that this happened um and we discussed how like he was kind of like there was some reason to being fired but it was kind of absurd how they just like cut him off uh but now i'm so excited that he's back into this and i know all the cast is i mean because they all went to bat for him after the firing and it's just I mean, I, I text you as soon as I saw the news. So I was like, James Gunn's back. Yes. So I'm very excited for it. Yeah. So uh, we'll have more more information on that for everybody out there once um, we get more information, I suppose. Uh, but definitely excited to have him back and excited that he's still going to be doing Suicide Squad 2 or the remake or whatever you want to call it for Warner Brothers. Yeah, the Suicide Squad. For Warner, Warner Brothers. Interesting note. I had saw that they didn't even like, you know, there was all these other talks for other directors for Guardians 3. 
apparently they never looked at anybody else like so i don't know if they were in the long run were planning on bringing gun back just after some time or if they were just really wanted to throw this on the back burner and weren't paying attention didn't want to put any attention towards it but they didn't actually meet and sit down with any other directors well i think that's because of the handling from uh horn the president of disney um having multiple meetings with with gun over the course of however many months it's been or whatever um they probably went to make sure that whether he was coming back or something before they moved on to something else because i mean marvel slates yeah fair enough not super wide open i mean there's a lot of untitled things but there's a a pretty solid guess on what those things are in the next two or three years Mm -hmm. um which is actually one of the things we're going to talk about next year uh marvel is possibly fast-tracking the shang chi movie for 2020 release date uh destin daniel critton uh, who directed a movie I actually watched this past week, uh, Short Term 12, um, has signed on this week as the director for that film. Um, and Marvel's kind of taken a Black Pan- Panther approach to the movie, as uh, Cretton is a, of Hawaiian descent, and screenwriter David Callahan is of Chinese-American descent. Um, and there's also the possibility that Captain Marvel could co-star in this movie, at, in some fashion at least. Um, as Brie Larson has starred in two previous and one upcoming movies that have been directed by Cretton. So there are certainly, um, you know, uh, some past works there that could indicate where we could see the Captain Marvel character going in the future. Um, but that's interesting. Uh, I didn't really know anything about uh, Destin Daniel Cretton before watching the movie. It was a great movie. Uh, highly recommended for anybody out there that has Amazon Prime. Um but I mean, it's good. I like that they're going to take the Black Panther approach and kind of, you know, get people into it that uh, can kind of write that character better um, in a more yeah. realistic approach. Um, so we'll see. This is like I mentioned earlier, you know, lesser known characters that Marvel is going to be kind of going at. We also have the Eternals. Uh, we'll also have the Black Widow movie in the future that I don't think is going to necessarily have. Uh, be a whole lot more than finally getting her her uh, standalone movie a um, backstory, and, yeah. yeah and more of a backstory kind of that character um and then obviously guardians three and then various other things um but you know i'm excited for it uh good director um i yeah. i guess i can officially say that but yeah uh, <laughs> it sounds good to me yeah always excited to, you know to hear about them uh, with new movies in the works, I don't know too much about the character of Shang Chi, other than he's like, uh, I guess the greatest martial artist within the Marvel universe of sorts, within the comics and stuff. Um, and it's in China, so maybe, you know, not better than Iron Fist. You know, doesn't it just isn't just a martial artist with a glowing hand. He can actually, thank God, fight and stuff. <laughs> As long as he doesn't have a stupid yeah. tagline so, that he says all the time, like Iron Fist. Like, I, I am know. the immortal Iron Fist. Yeah, I didn't need to um, say that. I know. Not I wanted to. our listeners. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm uh, definitely happy and excited to see them taking, like, the Black Panther approach. Just having everybody, everybody like, from that culture, like, that's what the entire cast and, and crew and everything will be focused on, that Asian descent and Asian ethnicities um so yeah definitely definitely excited for this 
And lastly, uh, not necessarily entirely tied to the Marvel kind of universe, but uh, the Russo brothers who have done Infinity War, they are doing Endgame, and I believe they did Captain America movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but their next movie that is scheduled to film this summer is entitled Cherry, based off of an um, a 2018 novel entitled Cherry by Nico Walker, I believe. Um, and it's based on real-life experience as an army medic who returned from Iraq with extreme undiagnosed PTSD, then fell into opioid addiction and began robbing banks. And Spider-Man star Tom Holland is in talks to star in the lead for the movie Cherry. Um, so definitely a connection there. Um, and it is, I don't really know anything about this story at all, but, uh, obviously, you know, the Russo brothers have a pretty tremendous history, both as in the Marvel universe and writing for television shows, um, and directing television shows in the past. Um, and Tom Holland, pretty good actor. Uh, obviously not a whole lot else I can say about that outside of the Spider-Man movies. Uh, but I'll be interested to see one of, once we get a little bit more information on this. Yeah, it's the Russo brothers, so I mean, they've proven themselves time and time again with at least with the Marvel movies and even the outside. Uh, like you said, they directed uh, a lot of the show Community. So yeah, and it's Tom Holland in it. I'm sold. I don't know when it'll be coming out, but it sounds interesting, and it's you know good people behind it. So for sure. Um, Soprano sequel movie, uh, officially got renamed this past week and also rescheduled. Um, it went from the many saints of Newark to just Newark and it is getting scheduled for an award season push with a September, 2020 release date on HBO. Um, kind of mapping out the same format that Netflix has done with the Irishman this year, um, in terms of, uh, trying to get it some sort of push. And, I mean, people love gangster films. You know, The Sopranos is such a highly touted uh, television show, uh, widely considered one of the best uh, dramas of all time. So it's definitely going to get a lot of watches from a lot of people. Um, I'll be interested to see it once it comes around. Um, But, uh, yeah, that's all we really have uh, on that. Uh, Warner Brothers adds Sesame Street and Tom and Jerry movie release dates. Um, I didn't know that they were making a Tom and Jerry movie. I did remember reading about Sesame Street, uh, but the live action Sesame Street mu- musical starring oh, Anne Hathaway musical? is set for January. Oh. Yeah, it's a live action Sesame Street musical um, starring Anne Hathaway set for a January 2021 release date. Um, and I think that I think it's scheduled to come out like a week before or a week after Nickelodeon's or whatever's new uh, Rugrat movie comes out oh. um, in theaters. There's your so, January movies uh, for that year. <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, I mean, good good kid movies, I guess. Um, and the Tom and Jerry, which is expected to be an animated live-action hybrid, a la, I guess, Lion King this year and stuff, um, is set for April 2021. So Warner Brothers really, you know, go going hard after... Uh, some of these famous, famous television uh, kid series. Uh-huh. Uh, but, I mean, Anne Hathaway is a good get for the Sesame Street movie. Yeah. I'll be, I don't know how interested I am in seeing either of these, but um, we'll see what ends up happening with that as we get closer yeah. to them, I guess. I mean, I don't know too much. I had heard, I forgot that Sesame Street was a musical. Um, and I had heard a little bit about Tom and Jerry, uh, one that they're kind of big. Uh, at least the idea is the focus will be uh, Jerry the mouse is like the the bad like the villainous character not villain but you know 
the bad part, the bad character, of Tom and Jerry, and Tom and his owner or whatever are against him in classic Tom and Jerry fashion. Um, but Assault, the main person they're trying to get to like be the main human for it uh, is Jennifer Lawrence, which, I mean, that'd be a big get if they got it, but that, it would also be really funny. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> these movies... They'll just make anything into um, movies nowadays. Maybe, maybe if they, maybe if they get her on that movie, she can put on that shitty mystique makeup, <laughs> the dark phoenix. Trailer. Yeah, it only takes like ten minutes <laughs> to put on, so that should be fine. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, they'll just make anything into a movie nowadays. I guess it's all anything that was a cherished children's show. It'll just make more money. Well. I will say I'm more interested in a Sesame Street's musical movie than I am Cats this later this year, which we'll probably end up seeing. But I'm definitely not in, as interested in yeah, that. Well. Um, I mean, I just I don't really care for musicals at all. Obviously, you know that yeah. I've gone on that, but it is what it is. Um, moving into comedy here for a second, uh, Andy Samberg from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, and Kristen Milioti, who starred in the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror. They are set to star in an upcoming rom-com entitled Palm Springs. J.K. Simmons is set for a supporting role in the film. And Andy Samberg will play a carefree man who meets a reluctant maid of honor in a chance encounter at a Palm Springs wedding. Um, I'll be a little... I'll be interested to see this. I mean, rom-coms have kind of come... Roaring kind of back into the spotlight with Crazy Rich Asians, and I know there's several Netflix ones that have been highly touted over the past year. Um, so we'll end up seeing what ends up happening with this. And, and J.K. Simmons is one of the best supporting oh, actors, you sure. know, in, in Hollywood right now. So he always adds a lot of levity to the cast, whether it's dramatic or comedy. So, um, yeah. definitely interested in this. And I've recently become more of a Sandberg fan <laughs> after starting to watch yes. Brooklyn Nine Nine. So um yeah we'll see yeah. and i don't really know a whole lot about miliati but you know we'll see yeah i'm excited for this i mean and I'm, as you know i'm a bigger Andy sandberg fan especially because of brooklyn 99 and jk simmons like you had said it's a fantastic actor so seeing him in this supporting role would be great so yeah i'm interested in it can't wait to hear more about it and into a crime thriller category here, uh, Denzel Washington set to star in crime thr- uh, crime thriller entitled Little Things. Uh, Washington will play a burned out rural California sheriff who teams up with a Los Angeles Sheriff's Department detective to track down a serial killer. John Lee, uh, John Lee Hancock, who is directing the upcoming Netflix film The Highwaymen, also directed The Founder and Saving Mr. Banks, um, is signed on to direct the film. Um, they are also apparently looking for another A-lister to star as the Los Angeles the detective um, in this film. I'm interested. Uh, Denzel and insert name here tracking down serial killers. Sign me up. Yes. Uh, I'm already excited for it. Uh, and we'll have a little bit more information on that once we get around to yeah, it. Yeah, uh, um, it's Denzel, serial killers, sheriff's stuff. I'm in. Yeah, I'm always down for a good crime thrower, so we'll see. Um, anyway, that's all I have for you. Brian, do you got any news for the folks out there? Uh, a little bit. Uh, one, a, a bigger end of news, the Disney-Fox uh, merger deal is officially closing this week on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. finally. The 20th, yeah. So uh, yeah, there's so many things that are coming from it, stuff. Good things that will happen. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously Marvel 
Disney on the Marvel side is getting a majority of the rights back to a lot of their characters. Uh, so that'd be great seeing there. Um, and it'll just a lot of the assets coming over to the Disney side. You know, what fanboys have been talking about ever since, what, 2000 of, end of 2017 that they started talking about buying Fox and stuff. So very, very cool. Excited to see that finally close. Um, yeah, this is, uh, I mean, this is right in time for us to get Hugh Jackman in Endgame. Um, well, and, uh, obviously you know what? They couldn't, they couldn't say he was in it until the, the murder went through, obviously. You yeah, know? you know what? They couldn't plan any of the characters until you know they officially have the rights they're gonna have the rights with a full five weeks left until endgame you know there's plenty of time to film i don't know a post credit scene or some type of teaser of these future characters that are run by fox into the marvel universe well they um, don't need to, they don't need to, to direct a post credit scene they're already in the movie I mean, everything is being kept quiet about this film. I mean, it's it's obvious. I mean, you just read all the rumors on the internet. Uh, we only deal in rumor and innu- innuendo on this podcast. Only. I mean, you know, it does make sense now because the first they were expecting that deal not to close till June, but now that's closing now in March. You never know. It could have been, yeah. been their plan all along. Um, sly, sly, sly folks. Sly folks. Oh, we also, I forgot at the beginning of the week, got a new aladdin trailer it was like the first full-length aladdin trailer i mean i don't know did you watch it at all no (laughs) i I I figured you didn't look i already don't care about that movie and then seeing will smith as aladdin or not aladdin uh the genie makes me even less care caring about it uh still gonna see it maybe it'll be better than i expect but it just i just don't need to see anything else about this film i just at this point i just want to see the movie it's the same thing with jazam i just want to see the movie uh, at this point Uh, yeah i mean aside from will smith's genie which looks bad i mean i'll just say that like it just the CGI or whatever. It literally just looks like it's like Will Smith's face imposed onto this blue genie. Uh, but um, aside from that, the movie visually looks pretty cool with the whole flying carpet and the different shots within Agrabah, the city. Um, I don't know. It's, it sounds a little better. They showed some of the first, uh, you know, classic Disney songs, like a whole new world. And, um, I'm forgetting the names of the other ones, but they showed two or three. Sounds good musically. Um, so yeah, I mean we'll see. I don't need to see anything else. I know this doesn't come out for another two months or whatever, end of May, but uh, we we don't need to see much else about this. Um, that's yeah, whatever. That's it, and that's that's the end of my news. That nothing really else that we didn't talk about already. Alrighty. Uh, next up, we'll get right into our captive state review here. But first, a quick word from one of our advertisers. Alrighty. Uh, so, captive state, the film that we saw this past week, like we mentioned at the top of the broadcast here, um, not a whole lot of news about it coming out. Uh, it was a very under the radar wide release. There was you know, no critic reviews or anything, Nothing. no screeners or anything beforehand. So 
went in, everybody kind of went into this pretty blindly. Um, I will go ahead and send it over to you, Brian, to, to give your take on yeah. it. Um, uh, a decent alien political thriller. Yeah, I mean, I did like... I both liked and didn't like that it was going into it blindly, or going into the movie blindly. Uh, we didn't hear a lot of... Like, we didn't hear anything about it. There were no critic reviews whatsoever or anything. Um, I, I enjoyed the movie. I mean, it, it's a... A good sci-fi movie, you know, it's it kind of follows the basic idea how, you know, there's the aliens that come in and they kind of take over. Um, they then rule a government of sorts. They become our government. I don't know. Um, but oh, yeah. Here. It, Real fast. I'll drop the synopsis. I forgot I actually had that written down. But uh, set in a Chicago neighborhood nearly a decade after an occupation by an extraterrestrial force, Captive State explores the lives on both sides of the conflict, the collaborators and the dissidents. All right. Yeah. Um, I kind of liked right at the beginning of the movie, we got the first glimpse of what the aliens look like, but then we didn't really see much of them the rest of the movie, uh, which was a cool take on it. It's a very, uh, it's a slow burn of a movie. Like I can understand this has a lot of, it had a mixed reviews, you know, from users and critics. A lot of them are chilling right around that 50 mark. Um, but so I can understand how some people may have got bored from it or something, but it, the movie held my attention the entire time through the entire way through, uh, just cause I was interested to see where it was going and how the story was building. Uh, the lead actor, you know, you have probably his name written down. What is his name? I didn't write it down. I should have. Um, uh, Ashton Sanders. Ashton Sanders. There you go. Yeah. Uh, he did a very good job. He did uh, being the leader. We had seen him a few times before. Uh, he was in Equalizer 2 and uh, in Moonlight. That uh, It was good. It's nice to see him in a lead. He did a, um, a good job kind of torn between, you know, the revolution against the aliens, uh, but trying to escape and sorts. Um, John Goodman is kind of, he's the big name for this movie. I guess that's when they were advertising for it. Uh, he's a police officer in the film. Uh, it's a good movie throughout the, like I said, the story is a slow burn and it builds through, but the ending, um, I think it is a good payoff afterwards. Um, kind of realizing like what just happened and on all the effects that it will have onto it um, without getting into any spoilers. Um, but yeah, I liked it. It's a good, good sci-fi movie. Uh, I had it at a, at a 70 out of a hundred. Um, that's kind of where I have, like, that's where like an average movie is at a 70. Cause I did like it and, and it held my attention the whole way through, but it didn't, I don't think there was anything largely above average about the movie. Um, but it, it's a good sci-fi movie. I, if you like sci-fi movies, uh, I recommend you... Uh, you don't have to see it in theaters, but you know, maybe rent the movie at some point. All right, I'll take that as you're done. Um, I went ahead and gave it a 70. I originally had it at a 75, and I may even drop it past a 70 to a 65. Ooh. Um, combo score came out to a 64.3. Um, the setup for the conclusion and the ultimate revolt against the now in control alien species, it can feel very tedious. Um, it's kind of a movie that will force you to focus and kind of pay attention. Uh, there's a dozen or so moving parts at, at certain points in the movie. Um, and, and 
like it's not a movie to throw on when you're cleaning the house or something like that uh (laughs) especially for the first time because you're gonna need to kind of pay attention to understand what's going on um and some movies do that really well this one was all right with it it wasn't perfect but um in a theater setting it was easier to follow along with i feel like if i was watching at home i would probably you know fall into my phone or something like that um as it kind of progressed and that was kind of my thinking and why i ended up kind of dropping the score down a little bit um uh, decent performances from the cast. Nothing. Nobody really kind of blew me away with it. Uh, Ashton Sanders, John Goodman, Vera Farmiga are the three probably most notable. I know Jonathan Majors was also a key part of the movie um, and a few other names. Um, but yeah, I mean, decent performances. Nothing, you know, real stoic and out there. Um, the biggest flaw for the film for me really kind of falls on character development. Um, every character is kind of written very basically uh run of the mill there isn't very much depth to anybody in that film um and really the only true development comes in the eventual twist in the final like five minutes of that movie um and that's kind of a disappointment um that you kind of have to wait to get that long until you understand literally anything about these characters outside of what their job is in this odd alien future um as you mentioned the alien overlords um they're shown so little but effective enough in the small bits that they kind of hold your attention to the plot um which i liked uh you kind of got the sense of how powerful they are from the first scene in the film um that you at least sort of understand why the characters are in the rut that they are and why they're plotting um in the sense that they are to take back control essentially of chicago or the united states or whatever the aliens officially have control over um all in all like you said you know it is a fun sci-fi thriller um i would not consider it a rewatchable film i probably will never watch this movie again um (laughs) it's decent uh sci-fi again and i'm not the biggest sci-fi fan out there uh which is what it is they are very hit or miss with me uh kind of the way a lot of people feel about like the horror genre and stuff um but yeah i mean it's fun it's got some entertaining aspects and i do like the you know the plot to it a lot um but yeah i mean the character development kind of weighed it down a bit um the aliens were a little bit fun when you saw them and the kind of effect they have on the entire movie um, they are wild looking um, and very creative uh, in the way that they set them up. But yeah, it is what it is. It's, you know, an average to above average movie, depending on what you're looking at. And yeah, I mean, I've seen critics, you know, there was, <laughs> when we got out of the theater, I had mentioned there was an article I saw that said that this was the best movie so far this year. It's not. Um, spoiler alert on that. <laughs> but yeah, it's decent. i consider it probably middle of the pack of what we've seen so far this year um nothing special but you know it is what it is um yeah not really a movie i suggest you know taking time out of your day to go see in the theater unless you have like an amc card or i don't know if movie pass exists or not anymore if they've maybe i'm not shot themselves to mars um (laughs) yeah but uh yeah if if you don't have to spend money on it go check it out but uh, it's not something i would recommend going uh and spending some cash to see um so yeah, that's Captain yeah. State. Uh, Fair point. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we'll send it over to a quick advertisement, and then after that, we'll be back with top ten sci-fi films. 
Alrighty, everybody, and this is the time for the end of the podcast where we do our top 10 every week. Uh, and this week is top 10 sci-fi films, which was... I definitely spent more time on this list than I've done any other list. Uh, just because all the movies on this list are very close in terms of where I rank them. Um, and trying to figure out exactly where I wanted everything to fall was probably the hardest part, but... Is what it is, um, and these are all pretty, pretty highly touted uh, movies just in general. So, uh, Brian, as usual, I'm going to send it over to you to get us started. Go ahead. All right, uh, number ten on my list is uh, one of the one of the probably the first sci-fi movies I loved. It was uh, it came out in 2006, uh, The Day After Tomorrow. Now, it's not a great movie or anything, like I said, high tout or anything, but it was one of the first sci-fi movies that like i really enjoy you know with dennis quaid in it jake gyllenhaal um it's just kind of like you know the end of the what if like with global warming is finally taking effect and the world goes into like an ice age and stuff i really enjoyed it as a kid re-watching it you know i know it's not as great as i remembered it to be but it's still an enjoyable movie that i i did love so I'll, that's my number 10 there day after tomorrow that's a pretty solid pick uh not gonna lie um like you said, I mean, it's not a highly touted movie, but yeah, just like you, I love that movie growing up. I remember first seeing the trailer drop, it like was like a pop-up on my old ass computer at the time. Um, and like, I had like saved it so that I could like rewatch it like three or four times. Um, uh, but yeah, solid pick didn't crack my top 10, didn't even crack honorable mentions, which I didn't write down this week. So I'll spare everybody from that quick side note before I get into this, I I did not include superhero films, and I did not include star intergalactic star franchise films, Star Trek, Star Wars, and yeah. uh, you know Marvel, DC, whatever uh, superhero films. Left those off. Uh, we will do a full uh, like we mentioned last week, top ten uh, MCU movies when we after we see Endgame, and later on this year, very later on this year. Um, around Christmas time, we'll be doing a definitive star Wars ranking, uh, where we rank all the star Wars movies ourselves, um, and where we put them. So I didn't want to include those. Uh, I don't really have a reason for not including star Trek, but I didn't want to include star Trek and not star Wars. So it is what it is. Um, fanboys leave me alone. Uh, number 10, I have annihilation, a movie we saw last year, uh, directed by Alex Garland, starring Natalie Portman. Uh, Tessa Thompson is also in it. Jennifer Jason Lee, um, some Oscar Isaac, I believe, is also in it. Um, really good film. Uh, it's one that will kind of, you know, it's not a ton of people like it. I know it's not highly rated by um, a lot of viewers um, and, you know, regular movie folk um, from last year. But it is highly rated from critics, um, and I loved it. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting film. Uh the basics of it i mean you know natalie portman and a group of other um females go into this kind of weird like alienist realm uh where you know the laws of you know nature and stuff like that don't exist there's weird creatures it's a very interesting film um and it's not something that everybody's gonna like but i really enjoyed it and i think garland's a tremendous director and that comes in at number 10 for me Oh yeah, great film. Just barely missed my top ten. It was probably number eleven, but yeah, I love that as well. 
Uh, and yeah, I noted as well, I didn't include when he told me he wasn't doing that. I agreed it was a good idea not to include the superheroes and Star Galactic series of Star Wars and Star Trek. So those are not on my list as well. Going into number nine on my list is Back to the Future. You know, classic sci-fi films. A lot of people, you know, love this movie. The sequels kind of decrease as they go on. But this first one, you know, just traveling to the future, like Time Machine and the time traveling car. It was so cool. And it's it's a great movie. Uh, so that's my number nine. All right. Number nine for me is Her, directed by Spike Jones, starring Joaquin Phoenix um, and also Scarlett Johansson's voice. Um, I actually watched this movie. Hmm. I'm not finding anything for that. Oh, damn it, Siri. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, Her. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I watched this a few weeks back for the first time. The movie I'd kind of put it off for a while. It was uh, an Oscar uh, nominee for best picture it's a tremendous film uh it's a concept that really probably shouldn't be nearly as good as it actually is um in execution um but if you haven't seen it basically you know joaquin phoenix kind of like falls in love with uh his you know ai system that's uh on his computer and phone which is voiced by scarlett johansson um in kind of this futuristic take on you know i guess what we eventually are going to probably end up in um as as it is but um tremendous film highly recommended from myself um check it out if you get a chance and it's really it is really funny as well um it's got really good comedic timing to it um and, and it's very enjoyable um so yeah her is comes in at number eight for me all right uh you mean number nine for your list um Yes. But uh, my number eight, then, <laughs> uh, my number eight is Mad Max Fury Road. Movie came out a few years ago. You know, Tom Hardy and Charlie Theron. Very fun movie. Uh, very well uh, filmed and stuff. The action sequences are insane in the way that it was filmed. Uh, it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Won a lot of them. Um. Just a fun and enjoyable movie that was really well done. And it's a cool sci-fi film, you know, that apocalyptic future. So, yeah, Mad Max Fury Road is my number eight. All right. That is one that I actually just missed mine as well. Um, number eight, uh, for me, I have Arrival, uh, which came out a few years ago. Another, I believe, Oscar Best Picture nominee. Uh, directed by Denny Villeneuve, starring Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, and Forrest Whitaker. Uh, tremendous film um, overall um, the basic gist of it being that you know Amy Adams is a linguistic ex expert who is tapped by the military to try and decipher um, messages from aliens in their language uh, it's super interesting film uh, really enjoyed it um, I highly recommend it for myself and if you have Amazon Prime I believe it is still on there to check out um, I believe it came out in 2020 2016 if i remember correctly mm -hmm, it did um but yeah another good one huge denny villeneuve fan and and amy adams is incredible um so tremendous watch uh highly recommended from myself <laughs> all right uh my number seven on the list is uh district nine movie came uh, i don't know how long the movie came out it was late 2000s early 2010s um cool it's kind of you know with the aliens have kind of taken over this area and this they have this own you know district that they live in and it's in south africa um 
very interesting movie. I had only just re- watched it for the first time maybe a year ago or whatever. Um, very well done. Greatly acted by... I'm going to butcher his name, so I'm not going to say say his name, but the main character, the main actor in that. Um, At least you got the honesty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I just don't attempt. I just need to know that. Um, but yeah, good sci-fi movie. I know it was nominated for Best Picture, as well as a couple of other Oscars. Um, very, it has some uh, political themes to it about, uh, there's a lot of, uh, themes so about racism and stuff within it with the alien race and human races mixing and whatnot um but very very good movie uh district nine my number seven all right number seven for me and and this is gonna shock a lot of people that know me that i put this this low on the list but it felt like the right spot to drop it number seven for me is inception um wow. Directed wow. by Christopher Nolan, starring Leo DiCaprio. A Leo uh, movie this low. And a ton, of, especially a sci-fi movie. Like it just, it is what it is. In the grand scheme of it, it's a movie that I now I really enjoy. But I remember like the first like two or three times I watched it, it just I had zero clue what was going on. Um, so and that's essentially why I kind of dropped it. Uh, none of the other movies in this list were. were higher up on this list were movies that I had that, that had that effect on me. Um, it is a tremendous film overall. Uh, like I said, you know, huge Christopher Nolan fan. I interstellar probably would have fell like 13th or 14th on this list for me. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot I can say outside of that. I mean, I feel like most people have seen this movie, you know, it's a movie that I'm pretty sure is on FX relatively frequently, or at least it was at one point. Um, but yeah, I know it is very surprising that it is this far down. Yeah. Tremendous cast, obviously Leo Leeds, Ken Watanabe, uh, Tom Hardy, Ellen Page, uh, and there's a lot of other people I'd know I'm forgetting in that. But um, yeah, number seven is Inception. Uh, very surprising that it's there, but yeah, it is. That's 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 the way the wind blows. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, my number six on the list is the movie Snowpiercer. Um. It wasn't that big of a movie. I don't even know if it had a wide release or not. Uh, so Chris Evans is the lead in it, and Tilda Swinton is in it, Jamie Bell. Um, it's basically a dystopian future where the world has basically ended and the remaining population lives on a train that just circles the globe of people staying alive. Um, very good movie. has a lot of uh, kind of like hidden themes to it uh, within it about society. Um greatly acted um from like i said with chris evans and Tilda swinton in it um very cool and almost uh scary idea of like what this is what the future could be like um but yeah it's I, yeah i don't think it ever got a wide release i'm pretty sure i just rented it one time and really enjoyed it uh so yeah snow is my number six all right, number six for me, uh, Men in Black, um, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, uh, starring Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Um, everybody has seen this movie, so I don't really want to go on a very long tangent about it, but it is one of the few Will Smith, Smith movies I really enjoy. Um, it is hilarious. It was really entertaining. I've probably seen it, you know, a dozen times or so in my lifetime, and most people, you know, our age probably have. Um, 
And I don't know, maybe it gets replaced by the new one coming out this year, Men in Black International, which is a, it's always a good time to plug a film starring Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth. Um, yeah, so Men in Black comes in at number six for me. All right. Um, number five for me is a movie we talked about, I don't know, maybe a week or two ago, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, it has a sequel coming out in the near future. Uh, you know, Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt. Great movie, uh, big fan of it. I mean, I know you love Tom Cruise. Uh, you know, he's great. Emily Blunt is great in it. Um, just I mean, Tom, like... Tom, I mean, Tom Cruise is the second goat. Like, what am I? That is what it is. <laughs> right behind Leo, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a it's Groundhog's Day with a sci-fi alien twist to it. Um, very enjoyable movie, and definitely excited that I'm having to make a sequel out of it. So, Edge of Tomorrow is my number five. All right, number five for me is The Terminator, um, directed by James Cameron, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton. Um, it's a movie that, like, I rewatched it a couple weeks ago for the first time, and uh, I mean, a lot of the graphics were probably tremendous back then. I wasn't alive, um, but <laughs> I mean, they don't necessarily hold up. But and I, if had they, you know, they might be number one on my list. But to still come in at number five is because the movie itself is really, really good. And as much as I hate James Cameron for giving us this bullshit like Avatar uh, and it's a hundred sequels he plans on making. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, and and the movie itself is great. Uh, the, the story is great. You know, Schwarzenegger doesn't have to talk a lot. He just gets to be imposing, which is great for the movie itself. Um, and even though I feel like a lot of the the stuff doesn't, you know, flow with today um, in terms of the visuals and stuff, I can certainly see how they would be tremendous back then. Um, and it still looks pretty cool as a, a, as a movie overall. Um, so, yeah, Terminator comes in at number five. And I will say now Terminator 2 is not on my list. I've actually never seen Terminator 2, which will definitely get a grunt from some folks out there. I do plan on watching it eventually. I'm throwing it out there because um, I do hear that it is regarded as better than Terminator. Um, and I'll pass it back over to you for number four. Yeah, highly guarded as one of the best sequels of all time. All right. Um, our number four is The Prestige. Uh, great Christopher Nolan film. Uh, you know, with uh, Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale in that movie. Um, first time watching it, it's like one of the biggest twists in the movie, like at the end of it. I mean, it's just one of the biggest. The problem with the first like huge twist that like after I had watched it, I was just like, it just changes your whole kind of perspective on the movie. It's extremely well done. It's enjoyable to watch. You know, it's Christopher Nolan, so it was really good movie um yeah it's i rewatched it maybe a year or two ago and really enjoyed it so the prestige is my number four all righty number four for me i have blade runner 2049 um another one directed by denny villeneuve starring you know ryan gosling the, the man um <laughs> also featuring dave bautista uh, harrison ford comes back um Love the movie. I loved it. Uh, I did not like the original one. Um, and I know that'll probably, it's another thing that will get people angry. Um, but in general, I really, really enjoyed this movie, which was surprising to me because, you know, coming off that, uh, 
having watched Blade Runner like a week or two before we went and saw 2049. Um, uh, You know, I really enjoyed it. There's nothing else I can say. Go check it out if you haven't. It is a bit of a long movie, but its visuals are tremendous. Um, uh, I believe cinematography was Roger Deakins on that, who's maybe the greatest cinematographer of all time, if you look through his, his rundown sheet. Um, so yeah, Blade Runner 2049 comes in at number four for me. I a hundred percent agree with you because that is my number three on my list is Blade Runner 2049. Um, yeah, the first one I agree. I was not a fan of it was weird and I don't know, maybe it was just because I watched it. It was what, 20, 30 years after it had come out and it was outdated then. I don't know, but I love this sequel to it. Uh, it's probably one of the most well-made movies i've ever seen like it was nearly like the way it was directed the script the acting in it how it looked like it was nearly a perfect movie in those senses it's it's a great movie probably one of the best movies of uh like this decade as a movie from a movie as a whole um but yeah i mean I, you said a lot about it, so i won't say too much we have tremendous cast tremendous great story and the visuals in it are just stunning you know big denny villeneuve fan so yeah blade runner 24 or 9 is my number three all right number three for me one you mentioned before i have edge of tomorrow uh directed by doug lyman um as you mentioned before starring Cruz and blunt um yeah i mean it's a great movie uh actually it's another one like inception that's probably on fx like three times a week um, I remember going to see it in theaters. I didn't have high hopes for it because, you know, uh, sci-fi movies, I tried to keep it close to the vest on how I'm going to feel about the movie. Um, but came out of it and joined the hell out of it. Um, really good film. I am excited for the sequel. Um, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Um, one of Tom Cruise's best performances and one of the real breakthrough roles in here in America for Emily Blunt. Um, so yeah, Edge Edge of Tomorrow comes in at number three for me. All right, uh, my number two on the list, uh, movie you mentioned earlier, Arrival, uh, came out in 2016. Big fan of the movie, love the movie. I mean, Amy Adams does a great job in it as the lead. Jeremy Renner's in it. Um, I believe is that Lawrence Fishburne in it, or is that Forrest Whitaker? That's Forrest Whitaker, I believe. Um, it's fantastic sci-fi movie. It really makes you think, which is one of the reasons why I enjoyed it a lot. I know some people like afterwards they got confused by it. And when they were confused it made them not like it as much, I'm a big fan of the movie. I love the movie. Um, definitely uh, came out. It was one of the best movies of 2016. Uh, one of the, again, well, I would probably say one of the top 10 movies um, of this decade in 2010s. Um, Love the movie, big fan of it, so that's why it's my number two. Number two for me, I have Back to the Future, a movie I probably watched a dozen times just as a kid growing up. Uh, me and my dad really loved the movie. Um, directed by uh, Robert Zemeckis, starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd. Um, tremendous movie. If you haven't seen them, uh, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, They're widely regarded as as classics, the entire series, really. Um yeah, not a whole lot I'm going to kind of d- dive into, but the whole idea of time travel and stuff, uh, the DeLorean, you know, all that. Um, 
very entertaining movie. I, I haven't, and I'm keeping it number two, but I actually haven't seen the movie in probably like five years, at least since the last time I actually saw it. So, um, I, I hold it in very high regard as being a really, really entertaining film. Um, at least from what I can remember. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, number two for me is back to the future. All right. And my number one on the list is inception. When I solidified this being my number one, I was really worried that it would be your number one as well, you know, with the whole Leo aspect to it and me and Christopher Nolan. Glad it wasn't, you know, I was surprised to hear that was lower down on your list. Um, but it's my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Um, the cast in it is just great. You know, there's seven or eight great cast members uh, within the movie. The story is so well told. It's again one of those I one of the movies that makes you think then afterwards, which I, I like those movies that actually engage you and make pay attention and think about it. Um great story, so so much fun, a lot of, really cool to watch. Um I haven't probably seen it in two to three years. I would love to rewatch it again. Um once, you know, I again I'll watch it at some point. But yeah, I love the movie. Yeah, I mean, there's not too much I'll say about it since you mentioned it earlier. But yeah, Inception is my top sci-fi movie on my list. All right, number one for me, Ex Machina, directed by Alex Garland, which, book en- which which he bookends the list here with 10 and 1, <laughs> um, starring Don- uh, Donald Gleason, uh, Oscar Isaac, and Alicia Vikander. Um, tremendous film. I love this movie so much. Um it is probably the highest rated sci-fi film I've ever seen, which is why it's here. Number one, great performances all around. Um, and I love the kind of aspect of the AI and stuff like that and teaching it and the outcomes of kind of what we're probably headed for in in terms of future society with, uh, robots and stuff like that. Um, and kind of teaching them the human ways and, and the possible problems that could come with that and the challenges of developing uh, such systems. Um, yeah, so that, that comes in at number one. I I mean, it's I, not terribly surprising, but... I couldn't think um, of it, but left me. I was like, what is his number one going to be? Like, <laughs> I forgot about that movie. I mean, not as a movie as a whole, but like, I really thought like Inception or another or like Edge of Tomorrow or something could be up there because of your loves for the actors. I wasn't thinking about your love for Alicia Vikander. Yeah, I mean, it's if you haven't seen the movie, go check it out. I think it is. It's really good. It's not uh, it, a lot of sci fi films can kind of feel super complicated. This one's not. It's, you know, kind of a basic plot to it in terms of um, Gleason's character kind of wins technically, you know, asterisk to that because he was chosen um, to go to visit the, the kind of owner of his company who like is building AI and stuff like that. And to test the AI system, which is played by Alicia Vikander. Um, and just, yeah, it's real basic. I mean, it's just kind of testing that in the fabric of uh, interacting with, with computers and, and robots and stuff. Um, but it's a really fun movie. I think it's really well acted all around. Um, and it's number one on my list. And it was at least between one and three. Every time I wrote the list, like three or four different times I rewrote it. Um, and so, yeah, it ends up at number one for me. Um, great movie. Highly recommend. Go check it out. 
so yeah, that's our top 10 sci-fi films, uh, for each of us. Um, if you have any complaints, please direct them to me, uh, at Versace Caesar on Twitter. <laughs> I'll be happy to take them and I'll be happy to yell at you on social media. Um, yeah. anyway, anyway, uh, Brian, you got any parting words for everybody? <laughs> uh no not really you know we'll be seeing us this later this week oh, I think. i'm so excited <laughs> um i'm also gonna try and watch uh triple frontier uh came on the netflix this past week you know the ben affleck oscar isaac a bunch of other big names are in it uh, i've heard good stuff about that it looks interesting so i'll probably try and catch that this week as well but other than that you know enjoy the week go to the movies yeah um also another note we'll pet cemetery which comes out next month um and i'll be definitely for sure have a review of that on here on the podcast um a got its first kind of reviews are coming out from south by southwest much like us did um last week and it's got uh, a lot of people are saying tremendous things about the film so i, I was kind of skeptical uh skeptical um sorry about that uh about that movie uh, but now I'm super excited. A lot of people are saying it's super scary, um, and it's a really good take on the book, much better than your, the original. Um, so I'm really happy that people are doing Stephen King novels and making them better movies um, than they were in the past. Um, and we're really looking at a you know all timer type of year for horror films. You know, if those two succeed as highly as it looks like they are going to. Um, in terms of reactions from audiences, we also have, you know, Brightburn, It Chapter 2 coming out, Doctor Sleep, which is essentially a sequel to The Shining um, with Dan, Danny Torrance as an adult and uh, another Stephen King novel there. Um, so much to like going forward. Uh, scary Stories, Child's Play, Ma. Um, we're in for such an all-timer year in horror, and I'm so here for it. Oh, Midsommar, as we talked about last week in the podcast. Um so I'm super excited for that uh, to go see us and then, you know, Pet Cemetery here in a few weeks. Um, but yeah, uh, that's all I really have for the pod this week, everybody. Um, go check out us when it comes out and we'll have a review for it um, next week on the pod. I'm super excited to bring that to you. Yep. Don't know what the list is going to be next week. We can't do horror features because Brian doesn't like them. Uh, he could do a list of three, probably. Um, probably. And call it a day. After this one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh not sure what we'll have for you guys list list wise next week but super excited to bring the us um review to you and that's all i have everybody uh enjoy the week uh and have a good time at the movies if you decide to go bye Begging hope